Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Hello, this is Laura Blackwell. General Quarters, Security Condition 3. Thank you. Security 3, sir. General Quarters 3, Intruder Alert. GQ 3, Intruder Alert. You know, it's not the intruder that concerns me so much right now. It's just that September has been a trying time, shall we say, for me and electronics. Is this just me? Can anyone else identify, testify, signify, or in general explain? I don't know what it is, but the month of September, I've been told everything from weather conditions and satellites and uh, everything. So, um, yeah, I'm barely barely sliding in here into the genie bottle myself because... uh, yeah, it's just been whack. And if anybody's going to tell me anything about Mercury in retrograde, don't tell me that. Just tell me what to do about it. That's what I need to know. So, that aside, welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast with more celebrities than the recent inauguration. And I am your host, your cruise director, your connector, and your spiritual advisor, Madam you can call me Jennifer Perry or Jen. I am so happy to be here with you, and I am very happy that you are listening. And when I say happy, I mean thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who have been subscribing. You know, you can subscribe on Blog Talk Radio, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, Podcast FM, Last FM, and there's probably some more that are actually making money off me that I'm not aware of, but I find subscriber. Thank you so very much because, for one thing, you, you know, you should, that gives you information to uh, know who's coming up soon. Also, uh, especially if you subscribe on blogtalkradio.com, also you can always have everything handy to download. Um, and, yeah, if you like something or you miss a show, you can always download it at no cost. You are welcome to sponsor show, and that is uh, a lot more affordable than you think, but yeah, 
It is very low cost. But anyway, you can always download it at no cost, and that's the way I want to keep it. And I just want to thank everyone who's been listening, uh, my friends out there, especially that have been talking to me today, uh, Ray, Harry, Denise. Uh, Denise, thank you for the video on recipes that you gave us today on Facebook. Uh, Denise, thank you so much. Uh, who else have I talked to? Lindsay, thank you very much. Uh, Mimi, Dana, thank you. Vinny, Crystal, uh, just the nicest people, you guys, when you send in messages and let me know. Uh, Dave and Chick, you guys, thank you for letting me know that you've been listening, that you enjoy the show, and you like the guests. And I when I keep on bringing you the coolest people on the planet. And that's true. Um, and by the way, right now, some people ask about, um, I have a book called Sell Your Books Today. As you know, I'm an entertainment publicist. This is a booklet for any authors who can't afford to publish publicist or a publicity campaign, but they need to know how to promote their books. So if you want to get your books out to the checkout line, to the consumers, to your fans and readers, uh, my book is called Sell Your Books Today. If you go to smashwords.com, it's an ebook. If you go to smashwords.com, there is a coupon probably listed, but it's RN67X. I think that's Romeo November 6-7 X-Ray, and that will give to you for $1 right now. That's how much I love you. So anyway, it's been a while. Lots of interesting things have happened. Um, cool guests have been on. Cooler guests, cool guests are coming. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things and places has been uh, writers, books, uh, from a company called Crystal Lake Publishing. And I think they're based, Joe Meinhardt is based in, I believe it's Johannesburg, South Africa, but he's got writers all over the world that uh, publish their novels or publish as part of anthologies. And the newest, the newest, Tales from the Lake, Volume 5, is an anthology. It's got some fascinating stories and fascinating writers. I mean, not only is the story just top-notch, but... This would only make more fascinating people. And tonight we have an author from the newest Tales from the Lake, Volume 5 from Crystal Lake Publishing. If you want to read, if uh, you know, I feel like I don't know where to say. You can read Shape, Shape Changers, Sorcery, Ancient Gods, Tomorrow's Technology. This author has it all. Uh, she writes speculative fiction, or you may call it science fiction, fantasy, horror, and she's even worked in a, one friend called me the dark world of IT or as a journalist in the, uh, the world of technology. But I am so thrilled to welcome, for the first time, right here in the genie bottle known as Madame Perry Salon, Laura Blackwell. Laura, please come in and get a cushy pillow to sit on. I hope you like the Moroccan decor. Oh, ooh. is this one with the tassels okay? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. You're all for Oh down. my goodness! I don't know. Beautiful here. I understand why you asked. You know, a few a few months back, we had some uh, suspense authors, uh, Brett Wright and Rick Cornell, and um, word got around pretty quickly that they snuck some burritos in here and left some. So yes, we have had it clean. So any seat you want, any cushion you want to sit on is lovely. 
That was and, all lovely. Uh, Thank you so much for having me here today. Oh, I am delighted to have you here. And by the way, if you uh, if you reach over to your left, uh, that looks like a, a pillow, a cinnamon roll pillow, but it's actually Fiona, the little Pembroke. She's a she's kind oh, of snoozing, kind of just eavesdropping. Fiona, she's fuzzy, pretty Fiona. She's one of those cinnamon she's so rolls. Friendly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, she got yeah, based at the vet recently, so for this uh, world. they yeah they oh gosh yes 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 yes. So um, that's that's a subject real close to my heart. So let's talk about you now. Um, you've got a coin. Um, first of all, congratulations that you're in the new Tales of the Lake anthology from Crystal Lake Publishing, Volume Five. It's so hot and so fresh, Laura. I don't, I don't even have a cover. And I talked to Joe, that the the man who the man who is Crystal Lake Publishing. Yesterday, he doesn't even have the final copy of the cover yet. So, oh, and those covers, I just love them. They're so spooky. oh, they're great. They're they're worth waiting for, you know. So it's like, okay, I'm having to wait, but I know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So congratulations! Is this, this your first um, your first contribution? Your first uh, dance with Crystal Lake Publishing? It is, it is, and I have to say, I've really been very happy with the experience. Kenneth has been very supportive, and my gosh, he just got my story right away. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, yeah, he is. He is just, uh, you know, somebody that came on as a guest, you know, from from Joe, and it's like the more I've have him on here, and the more he suggests things to me, you know, just the more he, uh, he endears himself to me. He's a very, very smart man, and um, and to use uh, current uh, vernacular, he's a woke man. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> yes. You know, I'll say, you know, I'll get the feeling he's definitely, he doesn't talk about it, but you could tell by the way he speaks and the way he acts and respects women. He's definitely a woke man. Or as I tell my husband, honey, you know you're one of the more evolved of your species. But, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll be, um, he'll probably be listening. He's probably listening right now. And if you are, hello, Kenneth Kane, we love you. And uh Thank you for sharing this new anthology with me and the great writers in it. Now, Laura, you have a story in this. Um, I've got so much going on here. If I sound scattered, it's because you have so much uh, to your career and your skills and your abilities that I don't. I'm like all, I like at a buffet. I'm all over the place. I don't know where to start. Since we've already talked about Crystal Lake, about how uh, and, and Kenneth and how you came into the anthology, and maybe what your story is about. Well, I kind of, I really lucked out because I just happened to finish this story when the submission window opened. And, of course, getting a story into Tales from the Lake is something that a lot of us really hope for someday. And um, the story is a food horror story. And if you <laughs> want me to read a little of it later, I can do that. But um, I really wanted to work with the essential qualities of food and how deeply we enjoy it and how if something goes wrong with that, things could really go strangely with it. Um, There are a lot of great writers (laughs) doing great stuff with food horror these days. You see Alyssa Wong and Cassandra Kahl and Octavia Kaye all doing great stuff with it. 
Mine is more like, um, it's a more traditional story. It's not hard to picture this on an anthology TV show, maybe not Twilight Zone because it's not all twisted at the end, but it's very much just that it's kind of weird and it's kind of weird and it's a little weirder and, oh, hello, (laughs) monsters. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. You said you had already written a story before. Mm -hmm. Had you written it before you knew about the submission? Well, I knew that their submission windows came open pretty much every year, so I was hoping. Um, you know, you never you never necessarily expect to get one in. And then, you know, finding it in the company it's in with stories from Lucy Snyder and Gemma Files, who I've actually taken classes from, it's really an honor. Ah, okay. Well, you know, you <laughs> – well, I, I think they – that's a mutual admiration society. They certainly felt the same way about you. And I looked into your um, your website. First of all, congratulations. I love your website. The name of it, pronounced Laura, and that's pronounced <laughs> L-A-H-R-A.com. PronouncedLaura.com is Laura Blackwell's website. And it, as soon as you're there, you're enchanted. The, the artwork, the picture uh, on it, just just grabbed me. Um, on top of everything else, are you an artist too? Did you do this? Oh, good Lord, no. No. I, Shannon K. Garrity, who is probably best known as a web cartoonist, although that's just one of her talents, she won a lot of awards for um, a webcomic called Narbonic that ran, I want to say, six years. It ran a long time on a daily basis. She never missed a day, and it was great funny every day and still had a huge arc and um actually she has another project going right now that's probably of interest to your listeners which is that it's called horror every day and every day she does a horror movie review (laughs) and some sketches from it today is village of the damned which we were just talking about she actually finds ways to tie them into all the little hallmark holidays we have Although I think that this one is actually um, keyed to the original release date of The Midwich Cuckoos, which, of course, Village of the Damned is based on John Wyndham's novel. So um, at any rate, I admire Shannon very much, and I asked her, do you take commissions? Could I get you to do a portrait of me? You know, not that I'm vain or anything, just to go on my website. And she just looked at some of the things I'd written and made this fabulous portrait of me with the harpoon gun facing off against the forces of darkness. <laughs> yes, I like this, the harpoon gun. And, and, and the picture, you, know, you look very, you look happy, you look confident, like, you know, I got a harpoon gun, I know how to use it. And, I'm, and I know that the outcome, you know, will be exactly what I desire. It's a happy picture, a girl and her harpoon gun. That's right. Despite the fact that it looks like it's probably great Cthulhu tentacles or something coming at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no problem. I got yeah. this. All right. Well, thanks, Shannon Kate Garrity. And, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe since, you know, she's worked for you, maybe you can um, sweet talk her, help me sweet talk her to come into Madame Perry's salon sometime. Oh, you'd love her. She's fun. Very dry sense of humor. I can, I can tell. Well, give us a little bit, too, about your, your background as well, because I was looking at your, like I said, your website, pronounced Laura, L-A-H-R-A.com. Um, 
of course, like everybody's got a section on your picture and the work that you've done. And then also uh, your background is, and, and I mentioned the dark world because I met, I've got this very dear friend in, in Greece, and I met her at a, uh, a Microsoft convention in Atlanta. You know, and I think for a while she had on her social media, I work in the dark world of IT. But you've right, written right. for uh, Tech High. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I, well, I am a recovering tech journalist. I spent 10 years <laughs> doing that. I worked for um, PC World, which meant that I got to write for a lot of its sibling publications as well. Uh, some of my stuff appeared at Mac World as well. And Tech Hive, which at the time was sort of the... Uh, sort of the digital life version, a little more more based on the home and entertainment. And um, so I had a lot of fun with that. I got to write about things like MMOs, and I got to interview Neil Gaiman once, and it was it was a lot of fun. But, you know, I've switched to going freelance, and I get a lot of variety in my week now. You know, it's really nice because... I'm doing a lot of editing, and so any given week I'm editing, I'm copy editing for Shimmer, and I could also be doing copy edits on a romance novel and editing someone's dissertation and maybe some forensic psychology reports. So it's really great getting to edit everything, and sometimes I think about changing that website more so that it emphasizes my own fiction more, but the fact is that I really love getting my fingers into other people's work and trying to make it more itself. I think that's what an editor okay, really this, does. Is This gives me two two questions right away, two comments. I'm a, I, I, I got to make a, a, write this down to make sure I don't get scattered away. First of all, um, on the, on the section, uh, journalism reviews, news and features. Yes, you do editing. And it says, uh, Laura mm-hmm. is proficient in both AP and Chicago styles and is familiar with AP oh, and yes. styles. And I was one of these um, late bloomer college students. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, girl, you go. <laughs> that's, like, that's, like, that's like coding in itself. It It is. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. When people talk about switching between different dialects, they call that code switching. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what it is. There's a diff- very different feel to AP style, which is the more newspapery PR, you know, very direct, and the more flowing magazine style of CMS. And, of course, when you get into APA, which is, you know, the American Psychological Association stuff, that's much more scholarly. That's very different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just to help with my editing business that I put all that in there. You know, I'm just digging into into your work now. And since since I have to admit, I can't keep up with, I mean, I'm, I'm a voracious reader, but I can't keep up with everybody thanks to, you know, people like, you know, Kenneth and so forth sharing things with me. But Oh, my gosh, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm very lucky podcast where I can meet so many people, but um, it gives me a couple of so. If, if so, I said that so that if I ask you this question and you go, "Oh yeah, that was covered in a book of mine," you know, I don't want to sound totally like, "Oh, I should have known that." So just so you know, oh no, no, um, no. never, never, ever okay. be embarrassed to ask the question. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, good. Okay, so reading in this and then knowing uh, that you've written or edited pieces in forensic psychology or written and in the tech, uh, tech journalism, you know, I have to ask 
certain questions of fiction writers like yourself because I, I can't do it. Now, I have a blog called Memoirs of a Misanthrope. These are my actual essays. I would like to, in my fantasies, think that I'm kind of a blend of David Rakoff, David Sedaris, and Jen Lancaster. Or you might read it and say, hey, thanks. I had insomnia, but not anymore. You know, but <laughs> what I always think of, <laughs> yeah, now I'm a primary care provider. But when I'm, um, I see all the skills and I keep thinking, oh, my gosh, how you could put, with your skill and then the knowledge of forensic psychology from working on these types of uh, documents and papers and books, as well as knowing about technology, what kind of plots and characters and books and new worlds could you create from that and then oh, give us a, gosh, a, a really? Netflix series or something? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, all of those things are just things, when I'm copy editing especially, I'm not as deep in it as a developmental editor, and I'm certainly not the expert that the writer is. But, you know, you see these little things and they give you these little ideas. They just get you mm-hmm. thinking about certain things. And um, so, yeah, sometimes places I've lived or uh, conversations I've had certainly do spark a story. Um, one that's up right now, actually, is that at Syntax and Salt, I have a story up called An Accidental Coven. And it's about how three women show up at a party in the same dress, which in <laughs> literary fiction would see this horrific moment. But instead what happens is that they accidentally cast a spell on all the people who are making fun of them for wearing the same dress. And that's, <laughs> it's definitely a fantasy story, kind of a fable. It's actually getting pretty good reviews so far. But um, there's still that touch of horror in it there too. <laughs> but that actually is something that kind of happened to me because I showed up at a party and there was somebody there in the same shirt. And, you know, I, we get along and I walked up and I was joking with her and I said, yeah, look at us, same shirt. Who wore it better? And I'm like, God, I'm such a dork. I hate that. You know, I hate those <laughs> who wore it better things, you know, where it's always like two celebrities who both look fabulous and we're supposed to somehow <laughs> rank them. And I just thought, God, you know, the fact that this even came out of my mouth <laughs> shows me that there's something really wrong. And so this story was just this rage blossom off of this incident that this is even a thing that crosses our minds. Cause, I mean, of course, she just laughed and was like, let's get a picture. <laughs> and someone else came by and said, that shirt's from Target, right? And we're like, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Definitely, okay, stories can get sparked by real life incidents. When somebody comes by with a comment out. like that, because you guys are laughing, is that what made you think about casting a spell? No, it wasn't. It was. It was later. Um, a little later, I <laughs> saw somebody else tweeting that she was at a giving a signing and doing a reading, and um, I saw her and I was like, "Wow, I have that same dress." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't tweet back that I have the same dress. What if she's upset?" And Ooh. that was really. You know, that was really the moment when I was like, oh, my God, you know, if I sh- if we have the same dress, we should just there should just be some way to make anyone who cares about it not care anymore. Just some mm-hmm. kind of curse on that, because this idea is so stupid. <laughs> That's funny. By the way, if you. Oh, go ahead. 
Well, it, I just wanted to say the story does have pretty much a happy ending, and most people are finding it a very nice story. <laughs> it just happened to come from this moment of irritation that I felt a few times, little sparks of irritation. I never had a doubt in my mind. Okay, if you listen live and you want to talk to Laura Blackwell, the number is 646 716-9922. Blog Talk Radio assures me that this is a toll-free call in the continental U.S. And uh, believe me, you will love talking with Laura. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'm more of a, well, you know, I, I would say I was an armchair. I used to say that I was an armchair sociologist until I studied research, and now I'm an nice. armchair ethnographer. I think I've elevated myself there. <laughs> But so, uh, and speaking of like where I'm going to is, um, do you ever get ideas for dialogue? I know you've talked about Neil Gaiman. You interviewed Neil Gaiman, you lucky thing. And um, I know David Mabbitt, the playwright, says he gets a lot of his dialect from um, eavesdropping on people in restaurants or, or places. Do you ever get stuff like that from the strangers that you see or somebody you watch? No, not so much. Um, a lot of the time it comes more from conversations with people I know, and then I sort of continue the conversation in my head or think about it going a different way, and that's more the mm-hmm. way it goes. I, I feel I try not to actually put people into, the, people into my stories unless they're people mm-hmm. I know and it's very, you know, kind of a sneaky little thing, um, and then I always have to ask. But, um, you know, I think about how bad I would feel like, you know, you know how you get on social media and you see these pictures that somebody took of somebody on an airplane and they're just making fun of them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah, be that person nice. with my own writing. But, uh, of course, I would fictionalize things, but still. And I should go on to say that this definitely horror story that is in Tales from the Lake Volume 5 is not based on real life experience. Okay. That's very important. Cool. Okay. All right. I never did. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm right there with you. Um, and as I just said, if you want to talk to Laura Blackwell, the number is 646-716-9922. Call right into the genie bottle. And someone is calling. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Hello. Hello. Um, my name is Laura. Pronoun- uh, pronounced slightly different than Laura, but spelled the same. Oh, okay. Hey, Laura. We welcome Hi. you despite your pronunciation. <laughs> Regional difference. And, and pronounce, yes. pronounce yours again for me. Laura. Laura. Okay. All right. See, and you have to bear with not me. from the South. <laughs> no. So I have a question for Laura. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Oh, so, Oh, sorry. I, I was just wondering what draws you to writing about the supernatural. Well, I really like ghosts. It's true. And monsters somewhat. I think that part of it for me is that um, I often, especially in this season, get little flashes of light, you know, if the light changes quickly. And I always have to do a double take. And, you know, I, I should hasten to say I never actually think I'm seeing a ghost. But there are all those little double takes, and that gets me thinking about what could it have thought it was mm-hmm. at some point. And horror is something that I'm kind of 
drawn to and kind of write accidentally sometimes when I'm not trying to because I, I'm pretty good at being scared. You know, if you, <laughs> if you like jump scare movies, take me with you because you'll get an additional laugh after watching me react to every jump scare because even when I know they're coming, I freak <laughs> out. <laughs> so I, does that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I actually have a follow-up um, because I know you are uh, working on have a lot of short stories published. Um, I was wondering, mm-hmm. what's your normal process when writing a short story? And then well, that'll be my, my normal, last question, ooh. I swear. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Question. Well, my normal process with writing a short story is that I sit down and start to write what I have. I don't necessarily write in order because one thing I learned in journalism is um, what my mentor told me, Never, everybody blows the lead. So you don't want to sit down and start at the, what, start at the beginning and write down three paragraphs as what's essentially throat clearing. So mm-hmm. I just start to write down what I have from wherever it is and sometimes some general notes if I don't have whole sentences or paragraphs in my head, and then I start to connect them. I find that that generally works pretty well. Writing straight through tends, in my experience, to uh, make a somewhat laggy beginning. Great. Well, thank you so much. My thank pleasure. you for calling. Laura, are you a, are you a writer as well? Because those are good writer questions. <laughs> I actually am. Uh, Laura and I know each other, and I saw on Twitter that she was going to be on the podcast, and I just had to listen in, and then I decided to think to quiz her. <laughs> And here are some questions that you don't usually ask when you're getting coffee together. <laughs> that is wonderful. Thank you so much for calling. And, uh, and don't forget to pet Fiona before you leave, little corgi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you right. uh, Thank Bye. you so much. And, and, and keep listening because she's going to read in a minute. So Thanks, Oh, Laura. definitely. I will keep on listening. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. All right. That was nice. Uh, thanks for yeah, calling, Laura. She's awesome. And uh, we have a 646-716-9922. Now, uh, would this be a good time for you to, to read us a little excerpt? Don't read the whole story. I want you to give us just, could you just tease us with a little bit? Yeah, I could read you maybe okay. about uh, two pages or so. Um, this is All a story right. called Nonpareil. And let's just read a little and then if you have any questions we can follow up on it there so this is nonpareil Fiona don't get scared you can snuggle her if you need to okay (laughs) nonpareil when a shadow fell across the curtains drawn against the late afternoon sun Maisie knew the visitor had arrived for the tasting appointment she waited a few moments for a knock before she gave up and answered and opened the door to a scene that seemed to be from another century The woman who faced the yard and its tapestry of heart-shaped redbud leaves had a tiny, perhaps corseted waist. Her long skirts filled the passage between the porch posts. Welcome, Miss Householder, said Maisie, stepping over the thin line of salt and out onto the porch. Maisie had never met this woman, who had just months ago arrived in town with a a trio of sisters and taken possession of a beautiful old house that many locals had thought beyond repair. However, there was no mistaking the description of the woman who had captured the heart of the town's most eligible bachelor. All of the reclusive Mrs. Householder wore old-fashioned dresses, but only one rolled her wiry hair into a tall pompadour. 
Miss mm. Arato Householder turned her slender neck and nodded slightly. Pardon the delay, she said. I was entranced by the way the light catches the spider web. She lifted a delicate gloved hand to indicate the orb weaver's web stretched like drying lace between the nearest post and the light blue porch ceiling. I always leave the webs. The spider's doing much the work your fiancé does, but without chemicals. I keep an organic kitchen. Maisie was never good at schmoozing. She'd always relied on the quality of her foodstuffs to smooth over any clumsy words. But catering wedding cakes wasn't the same as selling jellies at the farmer's market. She hoped her dig against Trey Blair went unnoticed. Won't you come in? Jacqueline suggested you because of the organic ingredients. This householder smiled brilliantly. She seems an excellent caterer, so good at figuring out what's important. Trey won't be joining us for the tasting. He said the wedding is the bride's day, so I should choose. Isn't that sweet? Maisie had heard that line often since she started baking for weddings, and it only served to make her wonder who owned the rest of the couple's days together. Alan never would have spouted such nonsense. But the Blair's pest control business had brought them money and the kind of friends that money makes, and that meant that they would buy a large and elaborate wedding cake, no matter what the size of the get list. She looked into Miss Householder's long, lashed, dark eyes and returned the smile. If it's sweet you're looking for, you've come to the right person. So that's about the first two pages. All right. <laughs> yes. And we can feel there's something special about these cakes. There is a little something special about the cakes, and there's also a little something special about this particular client. <laughs> okay, so we'll have to non peril. Yeah, uh, Kenneth Kane just said a fun story. Uh, thank you, Kenneth. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading the story. Um, so, who would you like to know about the title? Okay, yeah. Definitely. Well, the title is a little funny. I am. I actually had to look up and make sure I was pronouncing nonpareil correctly when I uh, started writing it. I kind of have to know how to pronounce the words if I'm going to write them. And it's um, it's a, from French. It's N O N P A R E I L. And you know those little um, sort of chocolate disc-shaped candies that have the little white things over the top? Mm-hmm. That's a nonpareil. That's a nonpareil. And the little white things are also nonpareils. And the nonpareils are also used in cake decoration. But it means basically beyond compare. And so not only are nonpareils something she uses on this particular cake, there's also a metaphorical nonpareil in the story that readers are going to find when they get deeper into it. Ah. All right. I didn't I didn't know the little white uh things were also called nonpareils. I know, isn't that sneaky? And I Yeah. But and I, I didn't I, know what it was. I used several sources. I'm sure. You didn't know whether what? I'm sorry. <laughs> And I didn't know that that it that it meant beyond compare. I did not know the translation either. Uh it's something like that, yeah. Yeah. I don't speak French okay. either, really. <laughs> I can tell though. All right. So, um so now what what else if people want to see you or they wanna meet you, um I know you're you're on social media, um 
I know you're on Twitter and so forth. But if people wanted to find other books of yours um, and you know, your stories, find out where they could um, see you in person, if you're on tour or something, where would they go? Well, I try to keep my website updated, so that's always a good place to check. And that is linked through my mm-hmm. Twitter as well. And my Twitter handle, of course, is also pronounced Lara, L-A-H-R-A. It's so nice to be talking to someone who just gets that that's how you say the name. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, some, I tend to go to, um, to FogCon in Walnut Creek, California every year because that is, um, that is a con that's very close and easy for me to get to. And that's every March. Um, it actually takes place during time change weekend, which can make the Sunday <laughs> stuff a little bit interesting. But it's a nice, intimate little con. It's kind of based on, uh, gosh, Wiscon, I want to say. One of, the, one of the really good Midwestern cons that's more about writing and less about um, cosplay and movies, which I love, but they tend to make for a different kind of con. And... Um, I have stories of various places. If you want to listen to one of my better-known stories, you can go to Pseudopod. I've also had um, I had an audio story up at um, at Centropic Oracle, which was very helpful because the editor there, Charlie Thompson, actually helped me research the setting for Nonpareil. <laughs> it all flows together. Uh-huh. And. Um, some of my recent stories have been in anthologies like Hardened Hearts from Unnerving and Strange California from St- Falstaff Books. Probably the best known one still is from She Walks in Shadows, which was from um, Innsmouth Free Press. I always want to say Innsmouth, but they pronounce it Innsmouth. And that's is a pretty remarkable anthology. That's actually the first time I got to share a TOC with Gemma. And um, her story in it is quite remarkable. And the anthology itself is based on Lovecraftian characters, female Lovecraft characters specifically, but all of the contributors are female. All of the writers, both of the editors, all of the artists. And so it's really nice because you get a lot of the best parts of Lovecraftian without some of the particular Lovecraft issues that are less pleasant for modern readers. (laughs) (laughs) And it it really, it came out beautifully. Sylvia Moreno-Garcia and Paula Stiles were the editors and um, they actually won a World Fantasy Award for Best Anthology for it. So I'm still very proud and honored to have been part of that. Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, and I'm so glad because I wanted to. I wanted to. Um, she walks in shadows was in the list of things I wanted to do, to ask you about. So I'm glad you brought that up. Ed, um, looking at your website, a reading on the section where it says uh, under the tab fiction, mm-hmm. and you have uh, speculative fiction. Um, upcoming releases, but if I could just read through some of these titles, you've got the most wonderful titles. They oh, thank you. It's like they have an uh, an enticement all their own, um, just in just in the title. Uh, an accidental coven, cliffhanger chat stories, porcelain skin. The one thing I can never tell Julie, 
the posthumous novel of Edward L. Hurd, The Eternal Good Night, Think Mosaic of Maravel Corrado. Um, and they, that, that's not even all of them, but they just have such wonderful names. Something, the one thing I can never tell, Julie, you know, that, um, when I saw that title, it, you know, it made me think of the songwriter Jimmy Webb and I don't know if you're too young to really know Jimmy Webb from his heyday of songwriting, but he was um, wrote a lot of hit songs for a lot of other people, like um, Glenn Campbell and so forth. And I remember reading a book of his, talked about how to write, and he said, you've got to make people interested from the beginning. you got to make them want to know who, what, why. Like when he says, by the time I get to Phoenix, she'll be rising. Well, who's going to Phoenix and who's going to be rising, you know? Well, mm-hmm. what's going on here? <laughs> you know, you got to make them question right. right away. You know, and she'll read the note. Well, what kind of note did he leave her? If she already knows that, you know, he's gone. So, uh, and I thought that when I see things like the one thing I can never tell Julie or the posthumous novel of Edward L. Hurd, that's the kind of thing that has the thing that, that wrote, that helped Jimmy Webb write so many number one songs. People, you right away just from the first you know, you're asking questions and you're interested and you're curious. And I just think that, to me, just adds to your gift as, as a writer and as an artist, as an artist with words, Laura. Well, I'm, well, I'm very flattered by the comparison, Jennifer. Thank you. I have to say, it, I, I'm very amused that the one thing I never tell, I can never tell Julie came up because when I workshopped that piece, K.A. Rochnick, who's a very good writer as well, looked at me and said, you know that your title is the first line of your story, right? You shouldn't just have it be somebody's name. <laughs> because it, it was just Tracy, because Tracy is the antagonist. And I, you know, I had the story in my head, but I didn't have a great title for it. And I went, oh, God, you're right. Who's going to read something that's just somebody's name? So I had to really think into the story and uh, think about some things that made a difference. And the the relationship between Julie and the protagonist, Nicole, is definitely the core of it. So, so I really have her to thank for that. But it's something I've been thinking about every single story since, that it's that first line and that you have to catch people. So I guess I better go check out some Jimmy Webb. It sounds like I have some things to learn. I, I think I think you've already got it. I think you've already had some uh, <laughs> telepathy going on or something because, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? It, it, this is hard for me to believe, but we've only got one minute left, and it's just, just I know it's gone way too fast for me. You know, some, some, tomorrow night, Lucy Snyder, who also is a uh, uh, contributor to the Tales of the Lake Anthology, Volume 5, will be here. And uh, come on back and talk to her as well if you want to or listen. And um, please come back. I just did not have enough time with you. I would love to come back. It has been so lovely here in the Genie Bottle with you and Fiona. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, yeah, Fiona's going to be leaving soon. I mean, uh, she's going to be sad that you're leaving, actually, since you've been sad. But anyway, uh, so I've only got 46 seconds. Let me uh, all the information on where to sell the late volume. will be on my social media, on Facebook, Twitter, everything you jump and jive. 
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.